0: nine of the tales of crisis with me your host Martin fulfilled and i'm joined once more by our regular co-host james chalmers how are you chalmers i'm
1: not too bad thank you how are you doing
0: i'm doing very well thank you lots more uh, mcp being played and bought and painted so the world is in a good place so in this episode, we're going to be mainly covering two areas. One, uh, we had another uh, monthly event down at the Bearded Car Trader, uh, which I attended um, and took my Colonel Syndicate once more. So we'll cover that event. And we've also had a number of changes, uh, updates to existing cards that we're going to cover off. And we're going to be focusing on the latest set, which have been Guardians, which we have a semi-regular Guardians player. On, who who's gonna give us lots of insights into all the changes, aren't
1: you? Oh, who are we getting on? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, yeah, I've played them quite a bit, so it's uh it's been nice. It was nice to see them. I mean, they were, I think they're the one affiliation that um a lot of people were excited to see what happened to. I think they were like what one of the first or second affiliations out are uh, post core box that came out, so. Yeah, no, it's nice to actually see them updated and kind of brought in line with, I was going to say regular, but uh, more common and recent releases. So, uh, yeah, no, some very good changes. Yeah, and I I like, I've been reading the articles as well that they've been pointing out, and it's
0: been interesting to see their logic and and basically what they're saying was they they tried to do something a little bit different with Guardians and maybe not all of those paid off exactly how they, they wanted them, but Overall, I think the the changes they're making... So they've done the core set now, um, and that's been published. They've done Hulk. Uh, we've seen Green Goblin. None of them have been... Outside of maybe Hulk, none of them have been large changes. They've been subtle. They've been a number here or there, a little tweak. But it makes such a difference. And I think they're, they're really trimming that bell curve, as they say, to uh, bring things not flatline, as you say, might as well go and play chess if you want flatline. You, you need a bit of variety. You're, not everybody's going to be perfectly balanced. Um, but we are getting to a point where there aren't those, well that's a, a standout character and this one's
1: never look at them again. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think that's the joys of MCP is that like you can kind of take what you want and still have a good time and not feel like you're just being smashed into the ground.
0: Yeah, and I think if you if you were to say to, to most players prior to this, which is one affiliation you wouldn't take, um, it's Guardians because they were it, it was that little bit more of an uphill struggle. Um, this these changes, I think, maybe even put them ahead of the curve slightly. Um, time will tell, but they they definitely feel like they've been given a massive boost, which is great. You know, I love the movies is one of the first affiliations I was interested in getting into when I joined into the game, but as many I was put off by people saying, Oh no, they don't work, this, that, and the other. So, um yeah, you know, they were probably gonna be my second affiliation behind Asgard. By the time I I'd, I'd been done with Asgard, criminal syndicate came out so I kinda of missed them by, but along with a number of people I'll definitely be um going back and painting up the ones I've got to give them a run out. Excellent. So, if we if we delve into that uh, in, in the first instance, what is your overall take being of, of the changes? Um, oh, not just to Guardians, but the way they're approaching it. Uh, and then we'll go into the actual Guardian changes.
1: Uh, the way they're approaching it, it's a bit like what you said. It's kind of, uh, they're not making anything too crazy. Like, they could easily go right okay well we know this doesn't work or this model's never really taken so let's just turn it up to 11 and then everyone's going to fit it into the roster it's not like that like you said it's one or two changes or an additional superpower or even the change of like some of the superpower power cost like just dropping it by one just makes it a bit more oh yeah i can do that or i really like it it's a it's a great way of playing it like i said just said it's the joys of mcp is you can kind of take what you want and still feel like you've got a chance and now that they're making the adjustments for everything well not for everything but for a lot of the early stuff it's just actually making it even more open for everyone to play and kind of just being able to go right well i want to take that and not feel like you are struggling i kind of i think it was last episode when i decided not to take guardians to the event just because i It didn't feel like a chore, I think that's a bad word, but it was a. You had to be on your A game almost like every single game, every turn. And like the one, like the wrong activation at the wrong time of Guardians always felt like you kind of then had shot yourself in the foot. But I think now it's going to be a um, bit more of an even playing field.
0: Yeah, they were definitely a, a less forgiving affiliation, and it's that thing of. If you're starting the game on the back foot, unless you're going out specifically to prove a point, often that isn't where you want to be. I really rate the way in which AMG are approaching not just this, but their entire way of evolving this game. Um, I've been super impressed. Coming from other systems with other companies, I've been so impressed by how open they've been um, with their, their articles explaining why certain things have happened and where they're going with it. And yeah, overall, I think their updates have been fantastic. I was a little surprised, not with who did, but who with who didn't get updates from the call box. There were a few that I expected to get something, but didn't, um, and that's fine. I think since then, the ones that have got them, absolutely. You kind of look at it and go, yep. No, that needs something. They they weren't getting anything. And I liked, as I said, when they were explaining what they were trying to do with Groot and Rocket and how they're trying to thematically say, you know, it's almost a five-threat character with two models. They, they go together. That's, that's the beauty of them. They wanted them to work yeah. to a point where individually they were okay, but together they worked really well because essentially, thematically, they're they always together. So yeah, I, I think the logic... You know whether it always comes out in the wash or not. Who knows? But their logic, definitely, they're trying to do the right thing, um, and that's all you can ask, really. So the changes themselves for Guardians um, four uh, cards or, or four characters uh, got updates. So Star Lord, Gamora, Groot, and Rocket were all given changes, which means mm-hmm. the others were stayed as they are. So what's that? That's Drax, uh, Angela. Nebula and Ronan all all stayed at mm-hmm. as is. Um and if we start with Star Lord. So he was given hit and run. Yeah. Which fine. Yeah. I think that's a that's a good one. Allows him to you know, they described him as somebody who would stay back, um, and was more of a buff piece. And that that kind of fits with it. You know, you can get hit and run, you can Go in, get into range, and then if the big bad's coming your way, or even if you are in range, you pop off two shots as such, and then you, you get out of there. The leadership was given a, a change, and we'll cover that in a moment. I did still feel like Star-Lord but it didn't have many ways to spend power. I know he's only three threat, um, but he still didn't look like he had that many ways to spend power because he only had the one superpower and his one spender um so i did wonder whether that was going to be something especially considering you could take the it's the power gem that you take with him isn't it
1: yeah i mean i never struggled with power for like spending power with him because uh, like you said, if you give him the power gem, that essentially you can just do four so like two turn two times a turn I mean, with hit-and-run now, you can kind of... Because that's two power to do that, and it's not you have to make an element gun, you can actually do it, it's just make an attack action. So if you do have lots of power, you can do that. Kind of spend two to do hit-and-run, spend three to do full-auto, move around, and then potentially, if you've got even more power, then just do another full-auto if you want to. Um, yeah. My so with the changes now going in that like you have to have that gem fitted to the character and I think I said this last time like it, it's a bit harder to play him because like you say he's a free threat three threat leader which is great but you've got to decide well actually is he going to be four threat like all the time with the power gem and at that point it's like I don't know at four threat you probably don't always want to play him um Uh, And that's the one thing I'm still not the biggest fan of, as such. Like, no, I get that. Like, it makes me, thinking as a kind of Guardians player, I'm like, I honestly don't know what you want to do, because I know it's only, like, one threat for the gem, but that is a big difference between a three and a four, to then try and fit other characters in as well. Um, But then if you don't have the gem... Then he is only getting obviously the one power a turn. And then he kind of almost has not the opposite of um how to spend power, but it's more how to generate the power. I mean, element gun, yeah, okay, a five dice energy attack, which builds power. Yeah, okay. it's the range four, so yeah,
0: he doesn't need to get stuck in quite so much, but then we see quite a few now with stealth. So yeah.
1: it kind of I... Trying to stop, it is a balance between the two, and uh, I think you will see that with a lot of characters. I expect now going forward, it's like trying to decide which <laughs> which of the um, options you want. Do you just want to take them stock, or do you just want to take them with the gem built in? I feel I mean, that's like to say that gems might change. Like, yeah. they, I think they probably would have announced that by now. If uh, they're going to change
0: some of the gems. change, but I I kind of feel that he'd be better off stock. I don't see enough on him to to warrant that extra threat for the gem. Like you say, it was nice to have that flexibility when you're building that roster and you go, well I could do that or I could just go for that character that's a point that's a threat extra but then stick the gem on Star Lord and that kind of made sense. But as you say now you've got to say up front I I would I would guess we're gonna see him less. Maybe there's some turn one plays that having the extra power opens up for him
1: see the thing is I think now especially with the change of winging it you're going to see him more because winging it is so good now that I think in the, like in the past I mean I, I I can probably count on I was going to say on one hand I could probably count on one finger how many times I used the old winging it because I normally use tactic cards that by turn two I've probably spent most of them anyway because I know the kind of plays I want to do with them, but now with the changes to it, so we might as well talk about them now because, like, yes, yeah, so
0: do you think? Sorry, are you saying that you think you would see the power gem more often because of the changes to winging it, or less often?
1: I, I honestly don't know in regards to power gem, like, cool. Star Lord you and think and you'll sell. see
0: Star Lord and yeah. Guardians more often, yeah, absolutely. So, in
1: the past, like, when I ran Guardians probably 50% of the time, I never took Star-Lord because I'd rather just take some of the other characters because they were better. Um, If I can fit Angela in, then I'd rather take Angela than trying to fit Star-Lord. I really rate Ronan as well. So, yeah, I'd rather take them than take a fourth threat Star-Lord with a gem or even a three-threat one. But, yeah, I mean, with the changes to winging it, so now... During the power phase, you choose up to three allied characters. I like this because it's not like you have to be in range of each other. It's just literally just pick three allied characters. Each of them gain a winging it token. And then, while the character has a winging it token, when it's attacking, defending, or dodging, it may spend it. And during the modify step, you can re-roll two of its dice. And then, at the end of the round, you remove all winging it tokens from the character. So, that's not even like they can only benefit from it once per game. It's every round, power phase, three characters. You get a token. You get a token. You get a token, and reroll two dice. Like
0: it's so strong. It's it so... so strong. And I think because I was thinking about it today, I was like, how does that compare to others? And others generally you have to pay a power. Well, <laughs> some of them you have to pay a power to do um your rerolls some of them you don't have to pay the power you just get automatic rerolls but it's much more limited this you know gives you two rerolls but only on three so which I find interesting because generally guardians want to go wide so by that we mean they want to have lots of cheap characters which is what their rosters built on with a couple of higher threats yet you can only pick three of them. So that kind of then suggests actually to get better value out of it, you want to go with a low number of super powerful characters. And then you can get, you know, the vast majority. If you just ran Star-Lord with three, five threats or something like that, each of those having two rerolls would be extremely impressive. So it does give you a bit of a conundrum there. And I like the fact that it is across the round, which means you've got to make that decision. Yes, they're great to have those two rerolls, but if that character then gets attacked, do you spend the rerolls on the defense, hoping that... You know, it it gives... I think it adds lots to the game and lots of thinking. It's not a default, right, there you go, you've got this power, it's amazing, it's just auto. I think you're going to go into games with people who use this well and come out thinking, well, that's broken. You yeah, know, well, that, that's super yeah. powerful. Yeah. Um But then, actually, I think there's going to be a knack to, to knowing when best
1: to, to do that. Are you Yeah, rolling? definitely. Yeah, if you think... I mean, the, the fact that it's done in the modifier, you kind of... If it's like a second attack and you need that character to survive and you know it's going to be your next activation with it and you know what you've rolled for your defense... And you've got two blanks, and like, you know what, I'll spend it now to reroll because yeah. then it can survive. And then he's like, even if they've got one health, at least they can then go out in a blaze of glory. So, yeah, it, I think it's going to be big. I mean, Nebula's not changed, and she's amazing for a two threat because she just goes and murders characters and objectives with rerolls for days. So, yeah. you, you've kind of got four characters a lot of the time in Guardians now with reroll. Um, I mean, Gamora's Gamora re-rolls got... re-rolls
0: as well, doesn't she? Uh,
1: No, so she, for every... In the attack dice, for every wild that you roll, you can change a dice to a hit. That's it, yeah. So it's, if anything, it's a kind of better re-roll if you yeah. roll lots of wilds. <laughs> well, absolutely, because... But then it also doubles with your re-roll
0: because your re-roll will then...
1: uh,
0: Yeah, because you could choose when to modify which... I'm just thinking, yeah. How does that work through with the modification? I would say because it's all mod you're, you're modifying your dice all at the same time, so yes, you would re-roll and then, um, then I've got, change what you need to. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the thing open here. Let me just check the uh, modified dice. Players modify their dice. Attacker applies re-rolls and effects that change the attacker's dice roll, then the defender does. Yeah. So you would be able to re-roll your dice. And then fish for those wilds, which would then almost count doubles across yeah. it. So yeah, I mean, I, I think, like I say, used at the right time on the right characters, I think it's going to be an extremely powerful affiliation bonus. I think at the same time, I don't think there's it's ever going to be bad, because rerolls are always good. I think maybe there'll be times where people don't... They get a bit too gung-ho and be like, oh, no, I'll reroll that, and where they didn't really need to at that clutch point, and then later on they won't have it when they needed it. Yeah. But, yeah, I think changes to Star Lord, I mean, everybody talked about his leadership being poor, um, the fact that tactics cards have become so fundamentally core to the game, and often they are more powerful than a reroll, and i think previously it was the wing eight tokens went on a
1: single character didn't they uh yeah so you could yeah. spend it um what's that? <sighs> yeah you spend a tactics card and then they get three tokens yeah. that they can use for reroll so so this yeah. way spreading it definitely makes it better because
0: it's not often that you you probably would end up doing it on every roll then even if you didn't need to whereas yeah. at least this way you can spread it out a little bit better
1: yeah definitely uh, i think it's solid Know, it kind of makes Guardians solid as well. So Good. Like Anything
0: it. that means we see more Guardians, especially more Star-Lords, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Then, we've already mentioned her, but Gamora. Uh, yep. So her stamina has increased to 6 on both sides. Yep. Um, which is good, because whenever I played against Gamora, and didn't play against Guardians that often, she always seemed really, really good. And I play a very defensive game, so I wasn't necessarily trying to take her out. Um, it was more trying to survive against her, uh, both her and Nebula seemed to just wander around the board at will and just chop me up. But yeah, I think having a four threat with only five uh, on each side was
1: was glass cannony. I think it was a fair. My great with her, the f- yeah. first ever game I played with virtually was Dead Turn Two, and I was like. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just like, oh, is that it? you kind of like, like you so said, it's very glass cannon. You look at it, and you're like, yeah, she's gonna go smash face, like long move, and you move off, and then it's just like, yeah, she's dead. Cool. And now she's got stealth as well, which means that yes. you know, she
0: can stay away from some of the the long shooters, and you know, only really have to worry about what she's up against, which she should nine times out of ten, especially with the re rolls and the changes, take out more or less straight away. So all good from that perspective. And then we've got the uh, dynamic duo that Mm -hmm. is Groot and Rocket. So uh, we'll start with Rocket. So his personal bodyguard range has increased to two. And this is basically um, his interaction with Groot. And I think, again, reading through the article, and I think this this didn't come as a surprise because it's something that others had mentioned, the, the restrictions on having Groot and Rocket so close to each other were that the benefits didn't outweigh the negatives as such because they had yeah. to be so close because they had to be within range one for for Groot basically to be able to bodyguard. It meant Groot just stood there and did nothing. And if you ignored Rocket, you basically ignored Threat. And yes, Rocket did some nice shots every now and then, but um, or as you say you walked up and threw Groot into Rocket which was the other one, because they were so close. Yeah. So now they don't need to be there, and that second piece is he doesn't suffer damage from collisions, mm-hmm. which is great, because as we said, quite often you would just walk up and throw Groot into him, and then I'll cover Groot, and then we'll, we'll talk about them as a, as a pair. Groot's strike has increased to range 3 from range 2, so again, he's now slightly further away from Rocket, and he's got a further reach, which is great. I am Groot has decreased by 1 cost, I believe.
1: Yeah, it used to be a six.
0: Yep. Um, and now the living plant uh, superpower is now once per turn. So he's he's lost a little bit there because he used to be able to do it much more often. But I think that balances him out because I think they probably made the first two changes and then realized actually he was getting a bit too uh, powerful now that he could be a bit further away from Groot. Uh, Rocket. Sorry. So overall, does that? give you everything you wanted from that duo uh
1: yes and no
0: start
1: <laughs> Which... as a duo because i think i know where you're going so as a duo does it give you do, as do a you duo feel like yes put them... the w- one thing with personal bodyguard though like even though it's still within two range you still got more chance to get pushed away yes and like to that's the thing i always found with Like, it wasn't that Groot had to stand next to Rocket. It was just, there's so many pushes and, like, move, like, uh, kind of, your opponent makes your model move. And because he's on such a big base, it's just, you just move him away and it's like, well, I'm outside of one now. And I think being within two still, I think he's still going to get the same issue because, like I said, he is on that big base and he moves small. So, nine times out of ten, once he gets moved once, he's going to probably... uh. Be out of range, um but no i I do like the changes. I think it there's still gonna be some the biggest thing I like is nimble the fact that rocket can't suffer damage from collisions because, like you said, it is, that was always the thing if Groot wasn't being moved back, he was just being thrown into rocket, and rocket's got three health with yeah. two physical defense, and it's just like. Okay, I've just been squashed. This is completely pointless. Like, uh, not pointless, but it was just. It didn't really make sense when you kind of look at the comics and everything of like how they play together. Like, it shouldn't be that Groot can just get thrown into Rocket every single time. It's just like, well, okay. Um, so, no, him being kind of immune, it means that Rocket is actually quite survivable. <laughs> like, I mean, like I so say, he's still got three health and two defense, but. He can't have stuff thrown at him, which is good, and he always counts as being in cover, which is always a bonus for him. So, yeah, I like it as a duo, and like his team, their team tactic card is great as well. So, um, overall, big fan for that.
0: Yeah, and I did wonder if they were going to say the group just couldn't be thrown. Yeah, which again, thematically, kind of makes sense. He just buries his roots into the ground and. Yeah, he becomes really isn't he? Like,
1: he, like yeah, that, that's the thing I want to talk about in a minute about group. So, yeah, so as a pair, they look
0: like they're much better, and they're likely to be taken. And I think they're right. Rocket as a two, I think, gets into a few affiliations by himself, and I, I would have said that, you know, outside of Guardians having the nimble superpower is just a nice bonus but we didn't mm-hmm. see him in others anyway so I, I can see him still cropping up here and there I think Groot on the other hand I can't see cropping up and I think we'll cover that in a second as to why but I think if you look at them as a fire threat combo I think they work quite nicely, Rocket stays at the back does the damage, if anybody comes to him then Groot smashes them up yeah. I, and I think you know that works quite nicely Having said all of that, Groot, we both agree. I think is just missing something slightly.
1: Yeah, it's just you look at his card and it's like kind of flicking it over and where's the rest of it? Like, and I always said that one like in the original card as well. Everyone goes, oh, so what does Groot do? And then you show him the card and they're like, is that it? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I, th- I think it'd be like Starlord though, because I know Starlord love... has the leadership, but he's he again he's a
0: three threat that doesn't have that much, and I think Groot's the same.
1: Yeah, it, it's the free range free for a strike is nice now. Like that's yeah. that's a nice little bonus. I mean, he's on a big enough base anyway, so yeah, that's good. I'm Groot going down to five is really good. Um, it's it's the thing I always struggled with in the past was you've got as we've kind of talked about group was always right at the back with rocket it's a range two strike and you just don't have that power to do like you didn't you always had to have trying to get six power to do i am group and it just never worked i mean it's a solid attack when i mean it's an eight dice physical attack so it's nothing to kind of sniff at but
0: with a, stagger. With a
1: throw and a stagger yeah but yeah, you you were always struggling to actually get the damage. So being range free is great. Living plant, to be fair, like I always forgot. <laughs> I always thought it was it could only be used once per turn anyway. As I was saying, like it was always you're struggling for power anyway. So it wasn't really that often you go, yeah. oh yeah, I'd do that two or three times. It just never really worked. And to be um, honest,
0: you were, like in in the few games I played against him, I ignored group because. Like you say, he was stood at the back. He only had a range 2 strike. He wasn't really doing anything anyway. So it didn't tend to do much damage to him in the first place, and therefore Living Planet you just didn't get used. Cause yeah. He, he wasn't Me... much of a threat, and I knew if he wasn't going to die to chip damage because of Living Planet, because um, essentially, it let's say you take 3 damage, you get 3 power for it, you spend 2, so you're up by a power. So unless yeah. I can do more than three damage uh, on to him, there was no point in attacking him because I'm just basically going to give him an extra power.
1: Exactly. And that's the thing. Like I always considered taking We Are Groot as tactic card. Yeah. So it's like it's three power, Groot and all ally- allied characters within four of him remove two damage. Yes. But he just doesn't have to power the doer and he's always at the back so even within range four it's you're not really hitting anyone no because um, you you Gamora's and you nebulas etc
0: are off up close at the table chopping yeah people up and then he's just group and rocket and rockets only got three health as you said yeah so he's, um, he's rarely
1: needing health healing because he's probably just dead exactly so th- he's missing something extra like the fact I would quite like that he could throw a bit of terrain because he's meant to have all of these branches and vines and that it kind of makes sense that he would be able to throw something. Um, or like you said, if he had a rooted... I don't know what you want to call it, a rooted superpower about this, like this character cannot be moved or... A bit like Vision, thrown where or
0: you, know, you just put a token next to him at some point, whether it's in the power phase or whenever... He pays two and he can't move that turn, but he can't be thrown. Yeah. You know, that, that would be perfect. Turn one, you move him so he's within two of Rocket, but nothing else. And then you put that on for the rest of the game and he just stands there, bodyguards Rocket and chops people up as they come close. Yeah. Uh, I
1: mean, even a, like if he had something that gave him an extra power a turn, like as a living plant, like, yeah. Like, take two power a turn and suddenly it's like, actually, like, becomes decent like he becomes worthwhile he he has that built-in heel that he can spend if he wants to or he can just actually he's building up towards that Iron group a lot quicker but yeah yeah, he unfortunately he just doesn't really do much for me and even with the changes uh, he's normally the first one that i'd take out of the list like and especially now that rocket is immune to throw uh immune to damage from collisions it's like well for a two threat character i'd rather have rocket and nebula two two threats just being pains <laughs> extra yep. activations and like i said pains that have to be dealt with than running five threat of rocket and Groot to then essentially still do the same you're just groups teeny bit further up the table
0: Yeah, I I think like you say, it's gonna again, until we get them on the table and see them, or only reading the cards it's gonna be difficult to say for sure I look at Groot and actually having revisited him, I wonder whether or not he might even work in something like Criminal Syndicate, you know being able to to heal 3 for 2 power, keeps him alive, he has got 7 health He's yeah. four two three, so a bit vulnerable to energy, um, but he can do some damage. Yeah, you know, putting root on people for two power as well is is great if you're in a denial style that I like to play. Um, so he might find a place elsewhere, but um, he, he's not a standout three. Um, but then that's what they're going for. They're trying to smooth that bell curve, as we've said. So I think. Thematically, he will work well with Rocket. They've they've kind of solved those issues. Whether we'll see him as an individual much, I don't think so. But we shall see. Mm A couple of things to add. If anybody is looking for the uh, revised cards, um, as and when they get um, spoiled, uh, they're on the AMG website. Uh, That's where the articles are. But if you want them in an easy-to-find format, MCDB has got the revised uh, cards on. So if you go to (laughs) mcpdb.com and just type in the search for characters revised, then it gives you all the revised cards so far, um, which is super useful. Uh, And they're all in the new format as well. So yeah. Go on there, have a look through there, and you can see all the revised ones. And then you pick whoever you want to look at, type their name in, and both will come up. So, for example, if you just go in and type Groot in there, it will come up and show you both of those. So you can quickly compare the two if you want to to see what the differences are. Excellent. Um, Another one just on what we were talking there about how impressed I've been way AMG are approaching things. There's been two uh, really good interview articles done by Aaron from Web Warrior Protocols website. Um, go check those out. So one is with Dallas Kemp, and one is with one of the Wills. I can never remember which one. Um, but go and check that out as well because there's some interesting insight, especially the first one with Will around what their plans are for the cards, etc. Go. Check out the Web Warrior protocols website anyway. It's a great little resource, but those those were two really good interviews I thought again, helped show the kind of direction that they want to take the game, which I think is all good. Perfect. We do have a listener question. Oh okay, so this comes all the way from Australia. Uh, So, Peter, who has been a listener from the start, uh, has asked, what constitutes an enemy effect for the purpose of generating power? Oh, God. So, I'm going to give that to Chalmers (laughs) to answer.
1: (laughs) Because he didn't know this was coming. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, you sprung that on me. (laughs) So, what constitutes as an enemy effect to generate power. Yes. So you only gain power if you take damage from enemy effects.
0: But what is right. an enemy effect? So, so... I'll give you an easy one here. Is bleed an enemy effect? Uh,
1: No, it's a special condition. Exactly. I'll save you. Effects... Uh, fine, I can do it. Go on, I go think. on. As you quickly type into the roll. Right, book. okay. I was going to say, let's see. I've not played in a month, but we will see. So, enemy effects, they are... Team tactic cards. You can like do a little ding as they go off. So enemy team tactic cards that cause damage. Um, yes. I
0: don't know every one of them, but I wouldn't go as far to say because it's a team tactics card, it automatically does. But yeah, the ones I'm aware of do. Yep.
1: Uh, you've got obviously attacks. Yes. Superpowers. Yes. I'm trying to think what else there would be trying to think of what else. The so one that catches
0: people out um, He's uh, covered by what you said, but to clarify, so throws so yes, generally it's a superpower it comes from attack,
1: yeah, but yeah
0: a, a number of people don't think that a throw is an attack. Um
1: All right, yeah no, that always a yeah, it's like so, part of the superpower or part of the attack. Yeah.
0: It's, so it's classed as an enemy
1: effect. Yep. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of I was going to say any affiliation things, but I, there isn't any affiliation things that do damage that I can think of off the top of my head. I think that's it, because crisis cards don't, because they're just the mission. It's not, even though that you pick one, it's not your crisis. It's just a, it makes them what the actual game is going to be. Yeah, I think that's everything, unless I've forgotten one.
0: No, so so basically the, the two main ones is um, as you say special special conditions and um, crisis. The interesting thing about crisis is where it gets quite confusing. That crisis, some crisis will give you power as well. So if you take for example cubes is a good one where you take a damage and you gain a power. Yes. Yeah. Um, there was one that I played uh, the other night that I didn't realize gave you it. Um, there, there's a bit there, but that's specific to the crisis. It, it has to explicitly say on the crisis card you, that you gain a power.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it specifically says on there. So for example, alien ship, like if you end an activation holding the core and you don't make an attack, you suffer a damage, but you don't gain a power.
0: Oh, uh, no, Mutant madmen. That's what we were playing. Mutant madmen Men and the traps. So yes. if, if you're within two of a trap that your opponent controls, you take damage, but you also gain power. And I didn't realize that you gained power for it, but you're yeah. right. The other one did. Um, so as per the rule book, I think you're right. So superpowers, attacks, special rules, team tactics, or crisis cards are classed as effects. When a rule references an enemy effect or allied effect is referring to any result of an effect of an enemy or allied character, crisis cards are effect the crisis card effects are neither allied nor enemy. So essentially crisis cards and special conditions are the two to look out for. There are the odd bit here and there where they explicitly say you don't get power for it. Um, I think rogue. I played Rogue for the first against Rogue for the first time uh, the other day, and you don't get power for one of her special ones where she saps a load of power and then does damage, and you don't get power for that. Um, and there was another one I came across the other day again where it, it did automatic damage and you didn't get power for it, which is super powerful. Um, but yeah, in general, you'll get power if it's coming from the enemy, if it's coming from a Crisis Card or a special um, condition that's the word I was looking for, um, then you don't get power.
1: Yeah. and Excellent. like The team the team tactic cards, I think, is the one that captures out a few people as well. Because um, we had a... Uh, not we, but me and uh, Mr. Spider-Foos himself, Lee-Foo. Yep. Um, he played Sinister Traps and did like yes. four damage to me. And I was like, do I gain four power? And we <laughs> like spent probably about 15 minutes going through the rules forums to finally find... Thing about uh, team tactic cards yeah. giving you power because there's, there's not many team tactic cards out there that do damage or like do specific things like that, whereabouts you could potentially gain power. But there are a few, and I think there's a few more kind of creeping in now that kind yes. of give you either extra attacks or you can do extra bits. And yeah, Sinister Traps is I really like that one, but uh, yeah, that one, for example. You roll five dice, you take a damage for every hit, crit, or a wild, and, yeah, that will give you power. So.
0: Yeah, no, and that's, that's another really good one. So there you go. Rule of thumb at the moment, and I have to say at the moment, because who knows what's coming around the corner, is everything but crisis cards and special effects. Yeah. So thanks for that. If anybody else has got questions, send them through to us. Um, I'll put the links um, in the description of how you can contact us and we'll cover it at the end, but basically you can get to me on Twitter and you can get to yourself, Chalmers on Twitter um, at Martin Swaffield for myself and at Tales of Games for uh, Chalmers Right, so on to the event so we had our October, uh, so we're in October 21 for those listening in the far future welcome Um, October Bearded Car Trader event. Um, I had a, a lower set of numbers this time. We've been gradually building, but unfortunately, due to a number of random occurrences, we actually had we had less of the regulars that were going. I know yourself couldn't make it. Um, there were a couple of others that kind of could do everything else this year, bar the October one. It just seemed to be an unlucky weekend for many. Yeah. Um, and then we had a couple of pullouts um, that couldn't make it nearer the day. So we ended up with eight. No, six. I can't okay. even do simple math. So we ended up with six. Um, but that was still—it was still good um, to get those games in um, and, and get to, to try it out again. There were a couple of new faces there, um, which was always good. Going into the event, um, I was aware that Anthony Poole was going for the first time, and he was bringing. Uh, She-Hulk with A-Force and that was the one I was most worried about but I had no fear because uh, Thomas was bringing a Black Order with all you got and he was going to clearly have him round one take him out and everything was going to be fine for me. (laughs) Thomas failed me and therefore the rest of this podcast is just going to be me complaining about Tom Um, and unfortunately decided to start coughing and did the right thing and took some COVID tests and stayed away. Um, But he failed me, he didn't turn up, and then lo and behold, I got drawn against Anth round one. So, again, all Thomas' is fault. But I was running uh, Criminal Syndicate, as I mentioned before, so similar to what I'd run previously with a couple of extra tweaks, I finished um, Mysterio just in time for the event, so I was able to run him. Nice. Uh, so we had Kingpin, Omega Red, Black Cat, Mysterio, Taskmaster as my affiliated characters. Mm-hmm. Then we had Koye in Toad, so I had two two-threats so I could go uh, on Sword because there are a couple of people there I know that love Sword. Then Enchantress, who I take every time. Lizard, who is quickly becoming a core favourite of mine. And then I had an, basically my tenth character was... One i could have gone with crossbones that's my normal one but i wanted something a little bit different um so i actually put wolverine in and that was my character to play against a force because i thought wolverine into she-hulk might give me a chance uh with the healing card and everything yeah and uh, then i had brace med pack uh, all according to plan climbing gear grand illusion advanced r&d bitter rivals and exceptional healing Um, And then we were running Gamma, Merfisk, Interogen as my Secures, uh, Deadly, Virus, Herbs, and the Research Station as my Extracts. I really need to go back and revisit Herbs because I've been running it now for a long time and I never actually pick it. Um,
1: Right.
0: (laughs) With the new changes coming in where you don't get to pick anymore and it's just a random one, I probably need to revisit it and get some games in with it to make sure that I can remember how to, to play it. Yeah. Um, it's one that I put in early and then because I haven't played with it much and this happened to me the other night um, I actually pulled that and another one which probably wasn't in my favour but I still had to go with the other one because I was thinking I can't really remember what I'm doing with herbs um, <laughs> so I really need to get some practice back in with it just to uh, remind myself of the, because the, you've got to get the measurements right to be able to basically hand it off as you can do for Criminal Syndicate. So as I mentioned, I got drawn against uh, Anthony Paul, which we actually walked in to the place at the same time we were chatting on the way in about the chances are we're going to get drawn against each other. Um, And he was running A-Force, as I mentioned, and I think his roster was more or less all A-Force affiliated. I've got a picture somewhere of his actual roster. So he had She-Hulk, Angela Scarlet Witch, Medusa Black Cat, Domino Nebula, Valkyrie Shuri and Okoye so all the ladies Um, and I can never remember I think they're all A-Force affiliated A-Force is the one where I always get a little bit confused because it's all the ones I think it is, there's one or two that aren't there that I just
1: assume are Yeah I think Enchantress isn't in A-Force or I'm trying to think. So, I always had that when I played A Force. Yeah. You're like, yeah, these were all in it, and then you're actually looking, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that one isn't, or... Yeah, it's just the odd one or two. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, we 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 rolled off, and uh, I think I got priority from memory. I got secures, <laughs> he got extracts.
1: It was only four days ago or
0: something, it wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? <laughs> I can't remember who got... Anyway, we ended up with Terrigen Clouds and Deadly, Deadly Legacy. Okay. He got priority. Yes, he got priority. He decided to go with secures, gave me extracts. I got deadly legacy or herbs. I knew, in fact, I got deadly legacy or research. It's all coming back to me now. So I got deadly legacy uh, or research, and I didn't want to go down the middle because he, I believe, had gamma as one of his uh, secures. And I thought gamma research with she Hulk down the middle. Not, not really what I was going for. Um, So I went with uh, Deadly Legacy. I knew that was going to give a higher threat, give him an option for that. But yeah, it was one of those ones. He actually picked Terrigen Clouds. So he had a choice of 20 or 19, and I believe he went 19. Um, uh, He went 20 in the end. So I ended up, even though I put Wolverine in specifically for this matchup, I didn't run him. Um, so I ended up with Kingpin, Omega, Red, and Toad, along with Enchantress, Black Cat, and Mysterio. And he was running Ch- uh, Angela, She-Hulk, Okoye, Shuri, and Medusa. Okay. Um, so I was wider than him, but that tends to happen, um, especially when you're playing into A-Force. He had priority, so Deadly Legacy was a bit of a gamble. Um, But at the same time, I was still comfortable with uh, Black Cat and Enchantress, I could go and steal it off them and pass it around for the win. Mm -hmm. Um, What ended up happening was, I think Angela went in the middle. I forgot that... Because what I tend to do for Deadly Virus is individual people pick it up and then we pass it around with the Criminal Syndicate ability... I always forget the fact that you need to pay an extra power if you've already got a virus and you want to pick up a second one so i was expecting angela to go up the middle pick up the middle one and then go either side and pick up the other one she didn't she just went up picked one um and i kind of said to Anth, why was that and he explained and i was like oh yeah so so what ended up happening essentially was on the right hand flank where we had one of the teradrum mists we had angela and medusa for, for himself and i had toad kingpin and enchantress and then on the left-hand flank we had um, omega red black cat and mysterio facing off against uh, koye shuri and Shehawk. now there was a conveniently placed building on the left which i was quite surprised he went with shuri on the left because basically i could get um on just next to the building Staying on my um, objective and not be pushed. So I thought you'd go the other way with her. Um, but it, it worked out okay for him. Long story short, we, it was quite even. Um, I got ahead early on as Criminal Syndicate tends to. Especially on something like Terrigen. Relatively key things. Mysterio went mental and basically destroyed Okoye in Shuri. Mysterio into Shuri is brilliant because, one, he's got a mystical attack, so she doesn't get the count in blanks, but also um, being able to do that and then do trips and traps means that, you know, Shuri doesn't have a lot of health, but what she does have is the amazing ability, no matter who's rolling the dice, to be able to block everything. Um, And she obviously couldn't when it's something for trips and traps where you're not actually blocking it. It's automatic damage. Yeah. She-Hulk smashed uh, Mega Red up um, and Black Cat basically ended up where she had two of the deadly legacy viruses and ran away into the corner. So I thought we were okay at that point. It was looking good. And then what happened was I moved Black Cat across the top. So she was in his bottom right corner to so my top left. Um, yeah. She-Hulk was looking menacing at her. As was Shuri. Yes, she had stealth, but she only had one health left. So Shuri could basically get within range 3 and just do uh, gauntlets, and she's gone. Um, so what I did was I ran her across more middle, right at the edge. Now, I had priority. Kingpin basically did two hell to the Kings into... Angela? Angela didn't roll particularly well, but I just rolled appallingly. And I left her on one health. Ooh. Now, I was really annoyed, because that should have dazed her. And she had the deadly legacy virus on his side, so I thought, if it daze her, I take that. Jobs are good, and that was basically it. Because it didn't happen, I got annoyed with myself, and I stupidly got mixed up and I I don't know why because basically the first one didn't work very well and then I was thinking about it for the second one and I had four power and I was like do I spend three power on another Hell to the King or do I just throw a? Because uh, I could throw a medium or Hell to the King is a throw short. So I said right and I, I paid the power and I did the Hell to the King but then I read the rules for um his normal headbutt. I didn't get any wilds, um, and therefore I was like, oh, I can't push you, um, and you're not stunned. So I was really annoyed. He then moved Angela across. He was able to do the... I can never remember the name of it, but basically the Rage for Angela attack. Dazed um, Black Cat, and I forgot that you then move after that. So he then got to move again. after yeah. that. Um which got him within range to pick up the two canisters. He had enough power to pick them all up. He got eight points at that point. Ooh. Um and automatically won. So he won sixteen thirteen. Now we were thirteen eight at that point. I days Angela. Happy days, you know, I pick up that one. Yes, maybe they get a couple off black hole. you know, either way. We didn't play out, but we're comfortable. I would have won, yeah. Um, you know, they would needed I mean, looking at the picture, Medusa would have had to go and basically kill Kingpin and kill Black Cat and pick them all up, um, which wasn't going to happen. So that was annoying, and I was annoyed that the dice failed me. But dice are dice, however, I stupidly did was I'd forgotten that. I'd done one. I read the rules wrong and I should have just been like, well, it's hell to the King. I get to throw you anyway. And then it occurred to me later the the following day that because it was hell to the King, she was staggered. So she couldn't have done what she did. Ah, because she moved and then attacked. So, um, yeah, all on me. Um, whether I said or not that she was staggered, I think I did, but we all miss things and we all forget things. Um, I should have remembered it. I should have done it. I mixed myself up. I basically, I did what I do far too often is I went into the game saying, I've got no answer to She-Hulk. I'm going to lose this game. Um, I dealt with She-Hulk really well. Yes, she killed Omega Red, but that was about all she did. And then uh, I got some bad dice. I got too emotional and basically cost me the game. So that's my fault. Um, But Will played to Anth for seeing that move and, and taking advantage and basically getting rid of um, black cat and stealing the win. Yeah. Um so yeah that was at the time I was annoyed because the dice had failed me. Um and then as I thought about it more I realized all the mistakes I'd made, which is more frustrating. If the dice fail you you kind of blame the dice, but yeah you can always do things differently. You know, I'm I'm always a big believer of Dice a dice you get some, you lose some. But the fact that I forgot to do certain things, that's just on me completely. So yeah, that was disappointing. But that was the end of my streak. So up until that point, I had been undefeated in um, the Beaded car Trader tournaments. But that was my first defeat, which I'd predicted. We then had lunch. Um, and again, it was, you know, sometimes you kind of look at it and go, oh, well, there's only six people. But actually, it was quite nice because we all chatted together as a a group. Yeah, Yeah. a bit more sociable. you didn't have the little split parts. Um, Everybody put their stuff out for uh, the painting uh, nominations. And Mm -hmm. I have to admit, I think last time, there were a few that weren't fully painted and there there were some clear standouts. And I know you won the last one. Um, This time... You know, all of them were, were top-notch. I love nice. seeing the Marvel rosters; they're so colourful and bright, and but different ways everybody'd paint them. Everybody put theirs out on display. i take taken pictures, put them on Twitter. Feel free to go and have a look. But yeah, there, there were some fantastic-looking uh, rosters out there. The winner for best painted was Paul with his Convocation um, roster. Looks fantastic. Lots of the new models in there. Yeah. He's obviously painted them up pretty quickly. I haven't been out that long. And, and given that, they look absolutely fantastic. Um So well-deserved. And then we went into round two. So round two, I got uh, Convocation. So I, I was drawing against Bolt. And I'm just looking to see if I've got a record of what we played. Yep, we played Gamma and Struggle for the Cube. So a nice classic, uh, old school. I picked Gamma. He picked Struggle for the Cube. wasn't really sure. I'd, I played Convocation um, maybe a week before as a bit of a, a learning game from one of, one of our club players. Stu is learning the game and I gave him a game so I didn't want to pick something like Criminal Syndicate because it can be a bit dull. So I, I picked Convocation because I wanted to work out what they did. Um, so I had a vague idea, but I didn't use the new Doctor Strange. Right. Um, it, it was it was a good game. Um, again, Enchantress and Mysterio kind of kicked off and did quite a bit of damage. He was quite defensive, basically just trying to guard his back, Gamma. Um, he didn't come forward that much. His Doctor Strange came forward and did a bit of damage. His brother Voodoo, I was able... Uh, Dr. Voodoo, Brother Daniel, um, who I was able to keep at arm's length with uh, Enchantress moving him out. And I think uh, Mysterio may have moved him out as well with his Trips and Traps, or with his uh, Mystic Gas. Um, So all in all, it it went more or less according to plan. um, And we finished on... I don't think I've got the final score here. uh, uh, 25-12. I'm not a big fan of cubes for Criminal Syndicate because my thing is more about staying alive than it is gaining power. Yeah. Um, but I, I was able to pass them around between the right people to keep keep them out of trouble. And like I say, Mysterio again was able to do damage into the likes of Koye. And I found actually Mysterio and Enchantress into Convocation are super solid because they're, they're all mystic attacks and they're both mystic five
1: yeah they've got solid uh, mystical defense yeah.
0: um and normally is people are just oh I'll well, just pay two and they're down to one for their physical and energy well with this you don't i I would be quite keen to see a lot of uh, convocation come in my way because i I tend to run Mysterio and enchantress in most of my lists so quite happy with that yeah um so so that got me that and then final game I ended up playing against jP so the store owner. Who was standing in again, and he was running his uh, X Force, which he runs all the time. Yep. Kind of knew what was going to happen with that. I'd played him in the last few. It was an extremely close game. I kind of because I'd lost the first, I wasn't playing for the win. I kind of took a bit more of a random squad, and I ended up with sticking Wolverine in there. So we played Terrigen Mists. Along with, I'm trying to think what the extract was. Oh, it was Hammers. Yeah. So it was Hammers and uh of Mist. Again, you kind of know you're going to get split out. But I, oddly enough, this kind of had three areas where, well, two areas where the fight was. So on the right, I went up with uh, Kingpin and Wolverine. So I put Wolverine in just so we could do Wolverine versus Wolverine for a bit of fun. And I also ran Taskmaster, Mysterio, and Enchantress. And he was running all of the X-Force apart from Domino. So he had Deadpool, Cable, Bob, Wolverine, and Sabretooth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kingpin and um, Wolverine went down the right. Taskmaster went down the left with Enchantress. And then Mysterio was meant to take the home hammer. I didn't realize that uh, Sabretooth could get to my home hammer but of course he can cuz he's a long mover. Um and I kind of I used to run X-Men a long time ago and I ran Sabretooth quite a bit and he was always absolutely useless for me. So I probably underestimated him a little bit and he turned out to be really good. I think the extra reroll in X-Force helps him. Quite a bit. So we ended up on the right hand side, he put nobody. So Kingpin just sat there all game, scoring points, taking damage, and moving wherever the mist moved. Wolverine came in for a one on one, originally with Sabretooth, but ended up fighting himself. Um, Mysterio got battered by uh, Wolverine and Sabretooth in the middle. Uh, Enchantress stole it. I think she stole a hammer off both Sabretooth and Wolverine and then ran away into the corner. And oh, Taskmaster nice. just got obliterated um, <laughs> by Cable, Deadpool. Bob, I don't think he ever got to shoot his rocket. And it was close. And I think at one point, you know, again, we were we were just having fun. At one point, he moved Cable away from the mist that he was on just to set up for the next turn. And he said, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't need that. Um, and actually, it finished... 15 16, and had he done that, he would have scored two points, which would have given him the lead at that point. I would probably because I threw uh, Wolverine with a hammer in when I need to, um, yeah, and I probably wouldn't have done that. So I think I still would have managed to survive just, but it would have made it a lot closer. But even then, you know, it was 16 15, really good fun. Uh, JP's a really good laugh, it's it's great to play against him, um, and yeah. End, end of a really good day, um, Excellent. thoroughly enjoyed. It. Um, so yeah, ended up finishing. I'm gonna say third, yes. So Anth took the overall uh, win, going 3 0. Lee Hamilton uh, was on the top table with Anth for the last game, um, but finished 2 1. Uh, and then Sean JP 1 2 1 2, and then Paul 0 3. Um, so it, like I say, another really great day. Thoroughly enjoyed it. No long shanks drama this time round. Good, good. Which is always good. I'm comfortable with my roster. I want to. Tr- I've been playing around with Hood, and I think Hood will take quite a lot of reps. So I'm going to try and get as many games in with Hood as I can, yeah. just so I can really get to grips with what he can and can't do. I'm loving Mysterio at the moment. I've had one or two bad games with him, but other than that, as long as he gets power early on, he's absolutely fantastic. I still feel like I've got that tenth slot, um, where Wolverine was maybe I I, I know a lot of people don't, but I still rate crossbones by himself, especially in Criminal Syndicate. He definitely has a place. So maybe he comes back in or maybe Hood takes that slot. It'll be interesting to see what happens to I'm looking at my roster, other than Okoye and Enchantress, I don't imagine any of the others will get a...
1: Not though.
0: Yeah. I was going to say a, a debuff. Um, <laughs> I think Enchantress probably will. Yeah, I think you know she will probably go to once per turn for her move everybody around. Which yeah. brings it in line with everything else. I still will take her and she still will be extremely powerful. I just think that she will not be able to do the mad turns that she sometimes does, where she goes in, you know, does two beam attacks, gets loads of power, and then just moves four people off an objective. And especially in Criminal Syndicate, you know, because I'm counting as two, I can move all bar one off, activate last, move all bar one off, and I'm still still securing it so I think she will more than likely get that but I I think less and less games am I having where I end up moving more than one anyway so I'm not too worried. Okoye is probably going to be the biggest change.
1: Yeah I I don't know what they're going to do with her.
0: Talking the other night to to somebody I was playing on TTS and I kind of said to be honest if they want to make the easiest change It's probably make her a three threat and give her an extra dice on the builder. (laughs) Say, you know, she's she's she is well. In fact, four dice with a reroll, automatic reroll. Yeah, she she probably isn't far off a three threat. Maybe give her one more health. Give her five and five and make her a three threat.
1: Yeah, would make sense.
0: You know, I think trying to do anything with her as a two. I think we'll need major changes. Maybe she just loses her reroll. Um but I don't know. So we will see. But I think going forward the only other one on my roster that's potentially gonna move out will be Omega Red. I don't feel like you get the value from him. He's not somebody that I he's not a go to. He he's there for Terrigen Mists because he's yeah. the poison. But even then I still feel like I don't necessarily get because I'm generally holding them anyway. My opponent's moving them, so they're not getting poisoned. Yeah, I don't know. We shall see, but on that one.
1: Fair enough.
0: So that wraps that up for uh, another uh, episode. Next month, um, we will be down again, so if anybody is interested in joining us... um, Please do it. As I say, it's um, we were growing numbers and we'll be back up again next month. I think you're coming next month, are you not?
1: Uh, November one, yes, I yes. will be. Yeah.
0: So that will be November the thirteenth. We are planning to journey south on on the Friday to do Friday night element, um, with Tony Moore and his his gang. Uh, so that'll be good to go down there, and I'm also doing the which will be the biggest MCP real-life event in the world at Element Games for Halloween. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's a 64-person event down at Element Games. Um, So we shall see what comes of that. We'll probably have another episode covering that one.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then we'll do another one covering our escapades on the Friday night and then the Saturday. Definitely. Excellent. So... Um, if anybody
1: wants to get hold of you, how can they get hold of you? At Tales of War Games on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm not really posting at the minute, but uh, yeah. If you need me, just shout me on there.
0: There you go. And I am at Martin Swafield on both of those. So get in touch. If there's any questions you want, um, feel free. And until next time, thank you very much.
1: See you later.